Today on episode 115 of the Home of Play podcast, new PlayStation Plus brings trophy support to classic games. Awesome! Sony has revealed some of PlayStation Plus's new classic PS4 and PS5 games, and Norman Reedus claims Death Stranding 2 is in early development. All that and much more. Now we're going to get Bellhop Simulator 2023. Let's get some intro. Happy Monday and welcome home, everybody. Welcome back to episode 115 of the Home of Play podcast, where every Monday the two best friends join forces to give you all the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we're true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Stephen. With me, I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself, Christopher. Hello, hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-support podcast. We don't include any of that bias or paid for opinion stuff that you do not need here. This allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually need or want to know. All of our content is free for you to enjoy your leisure. We only ask that you help support the show by subscribing to the Home of Play podcast, by telling your friends, family, and your father-in-law about the show and that they can find us on all your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing. It's all because you love the gaming homies, helping to spread the cause of their power word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints, Please send any of those to our email address, homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com, and then we can read your questions on the show or loan private while we discuss the list of PlayStation classics that we've received this week. On today's episode, we have plenty of news to get through, but as always, we're going to start with what we've been doing this last week. I think it's going to be a short one, (laughs) but we're going to start with Chris anyway. I got a good amount of gaming in this week. Was it well-utilized time? Uh, That's a good question. Uh, so Far Cry 6, uh, just quickly, I got that last time thing done, so I got the platinum on that. Boom, that one's gone. Uh, and then I was trying to figure out what to play. Uh, wasn't getting into Elden Ring at that moment. I wanted something I could finish, trying to clean up my list a little bit. Um, so I ended up going back to A Voice of Cards, or Voice of Cards. I think it's just Voice of Cards. Uh, it's, a, I think, a Square Enix game. Uh, it's definitely a smaller game. I think max you're going to get like 20 hours. I finished that. Uh, I got all the trophies, got the platinum. Um, I enjoyed the game. The story was very like a simple story. The game like wasn't very big. There's not like a lot of like differences in like the weapons and stuff because it's it's all card based. So you don't there's not like crazy animations or anything like that with spells and stuff. But overall, it's just like a a decent story and had some fun like collectible stuff to try and get all the different cards unlocked but uh overall like i i I would probably recommend it for anybody who wants like a casual rpg to play um i wouldn't recommend paying full price because it's still a little bit pricier right now i'd say like maybe less than 20 bucks is probably a, a fair amount i think they'd release some dlc for the game but i'm not interested in that so uh got that one done and i was like okay now what i'm like what can i finish quickly because i i don't know for some reason in my mind i was just like let's try to finish a couple games um the third one was mass effect 2 i realized it's like i don't need to do everything in this game because i've already done it before what do i need to do to get the remaining trophies uh turns out i'd already done all the loyalty missions uh so all i had to do was the final suicide mission spoiler but that's what the trophy's called um and have everybody survive. So I finished that and got the platinum on Mass Effect 2. So I could start Mass Effect 3. I did turn it on and did the intro part. I don't know if I'm going to jump into that one though fully. 
Uh, now it's kind of up in the air of what I want to do, but I was happy to get three Platinums in one week. That makes me feel better on a couple months where I got nothing. But uh, yeah, now it's just a matter of trying to figure out what I want to do next. So that's pretty much been my gaming week. I don't think I did anything on PC. I don't even think I turned it on other than work. So how about yourself? I know I definitely saw you on Elden Ring a little bit. Uh, yeah, I... Like yourself, very busy this week. Um, Wednesday, which I typically get most of my gaming in, I just decided to do a Steve day. So, you know, I don't know if this is too much information, but I got a eye exam done because they won't let me buy new glasses unless I get a new eye exam every two years, which is clearly a long con because my prescription seems to never change. I think I've had the same prescription for. 15 20 years now um they just want more money clearly so anyway i i whatever i did it i got it over with now i can finally order new glasses so i did that hopefully they'll come within another week or so can't wait because these ones have scratches and they're just annoying and dated in my opinion and i no longer like that they're shiny metallic so getting new glasses that made me happy then i was like hey i got some time before this eye exam what am i going to do so i was uh got a haircut and a beard trim and uh that was very relaxing and then you know did the eye stuff and after that i was like you know what we're getting a massage too let's do this and i booked it got a massage um yeah this tiny woman almost broke me she made me cry um she was like constantly talking about how large i am because you know being six five and she's like oh you're so strong and i'm like you're rendering me to tears <laughs> who's strong here like at any moment i felt like she could have just ended my life you know she had her hands were that strong like I, I like you would not expect this from someone who's like in the low five foot area so i don't know clearly roles reversed on that one <laughs> it's like or she was just taking my power from me and i had you know i did not realize at the time <laughs> Uh, so that was fun, and uh, so yeah, I didn't get a lot of gaming in. I chose my, you know, my own health over video games. But y you are correct. I played a little Elden Ring. I played a very tiny amount of Uncharted. Not enough to even talk about, honestly. But you know, it's there. I, I plan to get back. You're warming to it. up, warming up. And the bigger one for me, not a lot of time spent on it, but it was more of a experiment time was uh, Marvel's Spider-Man. I love using that game for experiments because this week, finally, I don't know why I feel like I'm the last one. I always feel like I'm the last one, but my PS5 updated. I finally have VRR as an option. I don't know why I took this long. Um, so I turned it on. I, I also turned on the setting to force it to try at least to get games that don't support it to do it anyway. Uh, because if people don't know this already, uh, my TV is HDMI 2.1 and I have 120 hertz available to me on my TV. So I uh, went to Spider-Man. Not only does it support VRR now, thanks to a patch, a recent patch, uh, it also has a setting specifically, even if you didn't have VR, VRR on, uh, it has a uh, new feature just for people that had 120 hertz TVs. So it tells you right away, hey, you could play fidelity mode at around 40 frames per second, but if you also turn on VRR, it's going to be higher than that significantly. So I tried it and it's just awesome. I can now play fidelity mode, real ray tracing looks great. And I was almost hitting 60 frames. Like there's a few times where you could tell it goes a little lower, but even a little lower is still like in the high forties. Uh, so I was just like, man, like this is best of both worlds. 
now I'm starting to understand why VRR is so important. And mm-hmm. it was just great. And I honestly am like, man, I, it, I assume Miles Morales has this, so I might just replay that later with the settings because that's just going to look fantastic. Good to hear. I haven't tried it myself, mostly because I think I forgot. <laughs> no, I that's didn't really also... forget, but it was like I'm already like almost done some of the games, so it wasn't. I I just wanted to be done with the games. I didn't care about the visual. Yeah, well, and that was another reason I turned on Elden Ring, um, because I want to see if it would help that game because it needs help. Like yeah. you know, frame rates are still aren't great on that game. Not to mention, I don't think I've talked about this before, but since some of the newer patches, texture pop-ins are horrendous. Uh. I'll just do like a, you know, a fast travel and boom, like it takes three seconds, but then all the grass just like pops up and you're like, okay, like, you know what? Not a huge deal. Like it's not as bad when you're riding around, but definitely when you're fast traveling, it's a, it's a thing. Um, but yeah, just cool to try out the VRR. I think that was, you know, my main takeaway for this week, at least in gaming. And then, you know, just like I said, I was doing the outdoor stuff and. I watched some movies. I watched Morbius and um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And uh, you know what? I got to say, it's a weird world when Sonic beats Morbius, but uh, that's how it landed. <laughs> I can't uh, can't change that one. Not surprised. So uh, yeah, that's about it for my week. We don't have to spend too much time on it. So we're just going to get to the smaller news articles that happened this past week. And we'll start with Bioware responds to rumors about Shepard's return in Mass Effect 4. This one comes from Game Rant, uh, and, you know, I'm just going to sum it up as kindly as I can. Uh, in a quote, we just got, yeah, that was a mistake from Mass Effect project director Michael Gamble, and he wrote that on Twitter. So basically, they're just coming out and saying, like, oh, yeah, they didn't really know this thing. I still have a hard time believing that. Like, this is one of those things that, like, they can say this, but I'm not going to 100% say that's confirmed one way or the other. I'm not saying Shepard's going to be in the next one. But I'm also not 100% sold that he's not, or he, she, whatever you make that character, is not going to show up. So Yeah, we briefly touched on this. I think it was last week, actually. Yes. And I think both of us were like hesitant to say, okay, yeah, like, boom, Mass Effect 4. Let's do it. It's Shepard again. I think both of us, we, we both said we, pref- like, not prefer, well, we preferred. We really did enjoy Andromeda, so I kind of want to see a sequel to that. So I'm still going to hold out and hope that we're not going back to Shepard. See, and that's where I switch it, and I'm like, I think we are going to see Shepard because Andromeda did poorly in their perspective that I feel like they're not going to just try to make Andromeda 2. I feel like they're going to try... If, if not that whatsoever, then there's still going to be returning characters 100%. I guess calling it so, Mass Effect 4 could be uh something too right because the other one was mass effect andromeda so calling it four yeah could be something but that might not you know, be you like know what actually... i want i want miranda to be the new main character bring the normandy back i don't care miranda's top you know let's do it <laughs> so moving on god of war creator slams xbox's response to bethesda delays this one comes from pure xbox thank you chris for that poll Ah, <laughs> uh, so we're not going to read into it too much i think it's a little aggressive honestly for even my taste and that's saying something uh so we'll read jeffy's comments made on his youtube podcast in response to spencer are as follows and here's the quotes you suck phil spencer you were me when i was 28 i knew i could design i knew i could have commercial ideas at least at that time my brain was directly 
plugged into the zeitgeist. It took me all of seven, eight, nine months to realize I could not produce a game at all, let alone a game that I also was directing. It allowed me to realize there are things we're good at, even great at, and things we're not. Go get some therapy, Phil Spencer. You're not good at this part. You're just not. You don't get to be that guy. Dude, this is not a one-off. Okay, so that was uh, hard to read because this, you know, he almost talks in riddles sometimes, but whatever. We, I got through it somehow. You know, I, I feel like Chris was holding my hand through the internet to help me through this. But anyway, let's get to the point. This is overly aggressive. It's kind of juvenile, in my opinion. Um, Phil Spencer, although it's, I feel like Phil Spencer's job, you know, is more to do with like the top you know of xbox you know like how are we going to advertise this yeah where are we going to move that you know he's got a say in acquisition stock like you know he's kind of everywhere he's like <laughs> it's like a weird comparison but he's like jesus for like xbox right <laughs> he's everywhere and nowhere at the same time but i don't he's not managing these games it's not you know phil spencer is not in the development you know chair looking and be like huh i don't know if we're you know all these uh technical problems we're going to be able to smooth these out before launch so although he likes to do the pr and you know the he just likes to speak to the public in general and relay these messages he's not you know i feel like he's getting told last second like once these teams kind of know and then he has to then yeah communicate this yeah Uh, it's just it's to me yeah i don't i don't see him being like constantly there getting like project updates on every single game the companies are working on like if Mm -hmm. anything it's like he might get like pitched some ideas maybe like starting off and or maybe when the project's like near completion they're like hey this is what we've got want to test this out but i don't think he's getting like weekly updates on like every single game in production or anything like that so i i do agree it's it's pretty harsh words um i mean you're obviously free to say what you want to say but yeah i don't know i i think and then uh, like this is in regards to like the delays of the games for Bethesda, which definitely were are pretty big hits, I think, for Microsoft in general. So it's obviously not it's not a good thing. They don't they didn't they don't want to say these things to everybody, right? So it's because mm-hmm. these the like let's be honest, these are hits. These are big hits for Microsoft in my opinion. I yes and no. I, I think Redwall or whatever it's called is like we were talking about over what they got, man. That's I- what they got. <laughs> It's overhyped. There's no reason to get that excited. I I see. Again, we talked about this last week. Starfield or Star Citizen, whatever it's called. I don't even remember anymore. I forget every week. Starfield. But, um, thank you. Um, again, we talked about it. It's Bethesda, and people are just hyping it on you know their former successes. But speaking about that, that's why I'm going to give Phil Spencer the pass. Who's in charge? These are both Bethesda Studios games. So that's Todd Howard, in my opinion. Yep. He's overseeing this. So why isn't he relaying these messages sooner and getting this stuff done and managing properly? Yes, you could blame Microsoft. They bit too much, like more than they could chew. And Xbox, you know, me and you have talked about this. They do seem to have an issue managing so many teams before all these acquisitions. Now it's even harder, I think, because of that. You know, they kind of talked about Bethesda the same way Sony talked about Bungie where it's like it's a partnership we're not trying to think about it strictly as like taking them over and silencing them 
So in the same way, I feel like that's what they said about Bethesda. So again, I would say put Todd Howard in the hot seat, not Phil Spencer. Like, you know, and the acquisition hasn't even gone through completely yet. So it's like to already put it on Phil Spencer, right? It's like, well, and then the other thing is like, if you want to go at Phil Spencer, there's, you know, many good things you can go like his, you know, his dyslexic way of communicating and how you get no real answer out of Phil Spencer. Like he's the king of riddles. And uh, it's like, he should have played the Riddler in the new Batman movie. <laughs> like really? Like it's just cause you'll never know what the hell's going on with Phil Spencer. If you want to uh, criticize him for that, you know, fantastic go to town. But I, I think this was a little, mu- especially like go get some therapy. I, I don't even know what, yeah. what uh, we can carry forward. That one, uh, that one just kind of upset me more than anything. I, I just think he's uh, he's he's holding a gun to people that don't really have much to do with the issue. New PlayStation 5 console covers colors go on sale in June. This one comes from VGC. Sony Interactive Entertainment will release three new PlayStation 5 console covers colors on June 17th. Starlight Blue, Galactic Purple, and Nova Pink console covers will be available in selected regions beginning in June 2022. Priced at approximately $55. Not a heck of a lot yep. to talk there. We got ours from the underground. <laughs> I'm not going to get these. I assume you're not going to get no. these. We're both happy with our black plates and our black controllers. And I think that it's just, I didn't like the white. And the reason I, we, I, well, I can't speak white. for you, but the reason I got black is it just like fits in better with yeah. everything. And oh, yeah. 100%. That matters in my situation because, you know, my wife has a say in our main console area and you know where the tv is it's the living room so i have to be mindful to her opinion as well goes with nothing everything else is black if you had like your own like oh this is the boys room and you wanted like colorful this and you have led lights behind your tv then maybe you wouldn't mind a purple or blue or something like like i could totally understand that argument just but for me and where i have to place my ps5 like (laughs) that's a no-go Dying Light Studio Techland is making an open-world fantasy action RPG. This one comes from VGC. Polish developer and publisher Techland has announced that it's working on a new open-world fantasy action RPG. So not a, not a lot to go in here, but there was a side note that we wanted to mention. Uh, that the team responsible for the new IP includes a number of former CD Projekt Red staff, including open-world director Bartos Oshman. Uh, who was in? Who did Cyberpunk 2077, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, uh, narrative director Carolina Stasia, Stashara, I don't know if you pronounce the R, The Witcher 2 and The Witcher 3, and narrative lead Arkadus Borowick, hopefully I said those names right, probably not, who also did uh, Witcher 2 and Witcher 3. You're still way closer than I would have ever been. Uh, so anyway, there you go. Not much to go off, like Chris said. You know, it's just an announcement of a new RPG. They're going in a different direction, which interests me. I always love that kind of stuff. Open world fantasy, action RPG. Sounds like my type of game. And then what really sold me was they have a lot of CDPR's old people working on this. And uh, well, like the like the narrative director and narrative lead. That's those are that's big. Yeah, and like. If anyone doesn't know this about me already, I think Witcher 2 and Witcher 3 have some of the best quests, not to mention, and what what really shines in those games is their side quests actually matter, yeah. and they made me care. Some of their side quests are better than, you know, 
game's main quest. But yeah, basically, I just think that the Witcher games have had always had better side yeah. quests than other games had main quests, Agreed. and then their main quests were just that much better. Uh, I, yeah, this is fantastic. Good to see, but uh, we'll move on. The Last of Us PS5 remake is reportedly likely to be released in 2022. This one comes from VGC. A prominent journalist has backed up previous reports that The Last of Us remake for PS5 will be released in 2022. So not much to go off of. Basically, Jeff Grubb just announced yet again that he's also heard these rumors, which we've talked about before, and more and more sources. So it's kind of that thing we always talk about, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Well, there's a crap ton of smoke, Chris. And uh, seems like whenever Sony is finally ready to reveal their cards, because God knows we don't know much about their future, uh, that, you know, this could be coming out this year. It sounds like everyone's saying holiday season. And, you know, it's the game we and you talk about, like the game that no one asked for. I look forward to playing it when it's completely free. Yeah, that, honestly, right? I, I don't like... I'm not going to pay I for it. I've beaten it like three or four times on different versions of the game and different consoles and I will play it when it's free. You know, this is like, I don't know. It's just like, it's just weird to me. Like we live in a world where like there's necessary remakes that aren't getting the attention they deserve. You know, we can bring up Chrono Cross. Uh, they did a terrible job with that. That should have been a remake. It wasn't. And there's other games that, you know, get a remaster, whatever. It's just like, okay, pass. So I keep hearing about rumors like Blue Point might be making like a Bloodborne remake. Why? What what is up with these remakes? Like I get it if you're talking about PS1, PS2 and maybe maybe PS3 games depending if they needed some kind of like update, but honestly no. I I don't even think PS3 games need remakes. I mean, I guess the argument be made for PS3 that it's like okay, but they're unattainable unless you're streaming and no one wants to stream these games. So you, if you bring them out in a remastered way, then it's like okay, it's like a workaround it so you can play these and experience them on your next gen consoles or current gen or whatever. Fine, but I, yeah, I just I don't understand. Like that game still plays and looks fine as the original. Plus, if you have a PS5, you get I think the PS4 version of The Last of Us right away for free so you know it's kind of like me playing uncharted 4 i'm playing the ps4 version i'm not gonna pay like you're giving it to me for free why would i pay for your re-enhanced version i i just i don't think between one generation like i'm just going to notice that much difference Well, it's just something that you know people have uh, nostalgia for. Yeah, like, you know, it's just stuff that has namesake, but it's old enough to justify a remake. I just don't understand these things that are, you know, aren't even like 10 years old. And they're like, yeah, people need this to look better. And I'm just like, no, nah, no, no, we're fine. It it ran really good. And, you know, Bloodborne and uh, Last of Us especially. I just, you know, the only thing I've ever heard about Bloodborne are people like, well, I'd like a 60 frames per second patch. But even, you know, we talked about that too. The one guy was able to mod it on his 
PS4 Pro, I think, and he got it to 60 frames. Apparently, it's tied to something really easy to change. So it's like this could have just been done, but I'm now wondering if they withhold just because they want to somehow justify a remake. But whatever, that's all speculation. If that game even exists, I pray to Christ they're not doing that. But man, am I ready to be disappointed if they are? So we'll move on. New PS Plus brings trophy support to classic games. This one comes from Polygon. SIE Ben Studio makers of 1999's Siphon Filter for PlayStation said on Thursday that their landmark third-person shooter will have trophy support when it relaunches on modern consoles through the new PlayStation Plus subscription service later in June. The by-the-way note shared on Twitter means it's likely other PS1 classics will have trophy support as well. Indeed, Sony Interactive Entertainment was awarded a patent in March 2021 for a software system that would, using emulation, detect triggering events and award trophies to players on modern consoles. So another one that I broke down, make it fairly short, I don't think this needs to be that long, but I feel like we're going to see probably a few, I would hope a majority of the games will have trophy support, but I'm also aware that we're probably not going to, I don't think all of them will probably have it, I just see some developers not caring that much, unfortunately. Uh, But, you know, we have a guy who cares about trophies very much. Present. So Chris, what are your thoughts? I'm present. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun to actually, on a, just a side note, it's fun that like we talked about this patent like when it came out because we were we've been mm-hmm. talking about that kind of stuff to see it through fruition. Just I don't know. Just it's just kind of exciting. But with the topic at hand, I'm super excited. Uh, I feel like this is a, a good way to go back to some of the old games and try to plow through them again. There's so many old ones. Like I, Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. I think you're probably right. It's not going to be every single game, but just in the hopes that some of the ones that I really loved in the past will have them, like Legend of the Dragoon, some of the old Medal of Honors, maybe some of the old Tomb Raiders. Like It would just be fun to like go through them and try to get the trophies. Because I remember in the back in the day, that was back in the day when... like didn't really have internet so there wasn't guides to find all the secrets and stuff so you had to find all the secrets through your friends and all that kind of stuff just figuring it out so it'd be cool yeah. to get those trophies and for some of those games i'm kind of excited i i, I hope it works yeah. out i i like trophies like i always get that endorphin a hit every time i get one like anyone else but you know for me it's always been the thing where the platinum's always just seems like a pain a to much. me it's yeah, it just seems like a fetch quest, like the Platinum Stairs that you're like, go get all these other things if you want me, and I'm just like, eh, you know what, no, because I don't want to ruin the enjoyment, like, I think I brought up a few times, but God of War was uh, exactly that for me, where I beat that game, I loved it, I was like, yeah, maybe this will be the game, I, I liked it so much, I respect it, I want to get the Platinum for it because of all this, and then you look, and it's like, get all these Jade Ravens, and I'm like, no, like, I'm not, the map was hard enough to like get through and i'm like i'm not going to retrace every part of this game to get these stupid crows i'm sorry i'm just not so i'm like in doing that i just know i'm like this is going to hurt my feeling on the game and then when i look back you know much later in the future i'm just going to have lesser than feelings because of this chase and i just it's not necessary for me so I, I don't, I also, at the same time, I want to make the note that, like, I'm not criticizing people that can do that and get over that, and, you know, the drive, if it's there and it's rewarding to you, like, do it for sure. I'm just, for me, I just, yeah, I don't want to damper my experience with these games. Yeah, I think the best trophies are the ones that are, like, 
I don't want to say tied to the story where it's like a telltale game where you just do the story, you get all the trophies, but like have like side quests, like meaningful storied side quests. They're, they're side, like you don't need them for the main quest, but then those give you a trophy, like something that's meaningful. They're always going to throw in like the collector related trophies, get all the birds, get all the eggs, get all the notes. That stuff's probably always going to be there. And if you're a collector, that'll be whatever something you'll do and if you're not whatever you don't give a crap but the ones that are tied to like story and like maybe easter eggs in the games those are the cool ones and that's what i'd like to see more of to be honest yeah and i get that i I think i can get behind that for sure but we're gotta move on embracer lost 431 million last year this one comes from gamesindustry.biz uh not a lot to not say. much to talk about yeah. here yeah basically there's uh they had a, a investor report call and um you know that was the sum of it you know they, they've made a lot of moves they did acquisitions they spent a lot of money um but unfortunately they've lost a lot of money at the same time uh for other reasons and you know Really, the point we want to the hit on, I think what's more important than just them losing money, even though so many other people actually gained quite a bit of money. Uh, so it's just interesting that they didn't. They're kind of the outliers this year. But the, the quote I want to emphasize is that, here we go, needless to say, we do not need to make any further acquisitions to grow. And that quote was from Embracer CEO Lars Windforce. Windforce? I, hopefully I'm saying that right. Uh, but basically, I think that's the more interesting thing is that Embracer may not be looking to acquire anymore. Maybe they're finally big enough with, you know, I think now they're the largest uh, publisher out there, honestly. So, yeah, I think like the motto, like, got to spend money to make money. That's pretty much what we're seeing here is they've spent the money now. <laughs> <laughs> they spent it to lose it. <laughs> yeah. But it'll there. Uh, it's, you know, make an investing into yourself type thing. So. Well, and now, like, just recently, they started getting, like, AAA developers, right? So that's the interest to me now is, like, you know, we already know um, Crystal Dynamics is working on a new Tomb Raider. So it's like, okay, let's see how that does for you. And let's see how that year's earnings uh, work out for mm-hmm. you. Because, you know, and, you know, I think they, they're still working on so many properties in the background that if they have a big year and they release a lot, like, even if it's small... Each thing will just add up, and yeah, hopefully this is the uh, last time they have to talk about losing money. Speaking of Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider Deus Ex remakes and remasters could come to PS4 and PS5. This one comes from Push Square. Speaking as part of a financial report, the firm revealed that it sees great potential in its $300 million purchase. In quotes, we see a great potential not only in sequels, but also in remakes, remasters, spinoffs, as well as transmedia projects across the group. So just as a side note to this story, the Embracer group expects its acquisition to close sometime between July and September. So that's when we'll see the acquisition of the Crystal Dynamics that you're talking about. Well, and it kind of helps, I think, people estimate when they're going to see some of these remakes, spinoffs, and remasters, and whatever fun, funky words they want to throw in there as well. Transmedia projects. Um, I don't know. Transmedia is kind of cool because I'm like, hey, can I? If you're not gonna, which they might, I'm not saying they're not going to. But if like no one wants to give me a uh, Legacy of Kane game, whether it be Souls Re- Soul Reaver, uh, Blood Omen, 
whatever the combo game was uh then can i get a tv show that'd be cool even an anime like uh castlevania style like oh man that'd be so cool i love the legacy of kane universe uh let's go with that if not then i totally would love a remake but if i can't get that i settle for a remaster and spinoff doesn't interest me whatsoever yeah for me eh, whatever <laughs> like I, I I like all those properties in some regards. Do I need spin-offs, remasters because I really, really love one in particular? No. Just make a new one. I'd rather see a sequel or a reboot or something. But it's always remakes, remasters, and I don't even know spin-offs what the heck they're talking about. I'm curious to see what the next spin-off will be. Well, yeah, I don't know. I honestly it's more in the properties that aren't listed that I have intrigue with, but Tomb Raider and Deus Ex, I what like a remake of the old Tomb Raiders? No, thank you. Like we we already kind of have that that rebooted universe, so that makes no sense. Do I need remasters of the old ones? Not really. I remember how they played. You know, it's a thing lost in time, and that it's okay to leave it there. And then spinoffs, same thing. I I don't know. For me, it's like this. All of this. The only excitement I can pull out of this is Legacy Kane, honestly, but. Again, that is just a huge bias on my part. PlayStation London Studios seems to be making a fantasy-based live service game. This one comes from Push Square. According to a new job listing, PlayStation London Studio wants a narrative design lead who can help deliver rich lore and storytelling through a live service model. The listing mentions years of ongoing story and building rich, narratively exciting characters. So not much to go off of. Yeah, it's just interesting that they come off of the VR game, Blood and Truth, and then pivot real hard onto a games of a service or a live service game that you know again i like fantasy stuff but every time i hear live service like every week i just internally uh, the cringe is real you know <laughs> like all my organs just tighten up and i'm like no this is not what i want and, and i just feel like a lot of these are just even if they have one hit and it's successful and it pays the way it you know it makes up for all the game's failings i just feel like there's gonna be so many failures like, live service is just so hard to get right. I just want a fully enriched story that exists as soon as I pay my money, not over a period of four years, because... So, I have a... This is a genuine question. Uh, it's... The way I perceive media as a whole is like... And I, I could be the weird one. That's why I want to have this conversation. But for me, a lot of things are hurt the longer they exist, if that makes any sense. So. I think me and you had this conversation before, but I was one of the very few that thought The Walking Dead should have finished after the first season. Uh, the only reason to continue was just for money. They want more seasons, more money. And a lot of people, you know, called me out on that, and that's fine. Uh, but, you know, a few seasons down the road, then people started saying exactly what I've been saying the whole time. And I have this with a lot of shows. I Apple TV, I finished Severance, and... You know, you have this mystery and you're like, oh, yeah, what's, you know, you, you get to the final episode and it's like, oh, they're just going to drag it to a season two, possibly a season three and just milk this little piggy for all it's worth. And I hate that. And that's what live service is to me. I want something tight that has a conclusion that, you know, you can like leave a little opening possibly for a sequel down the line. But I, I don't want it like where we you feel like you didn't get what you kind of came for because they like so want it to just last forever yeah i don't have too much to say on this but i have an example of a show that because you were mentioning some shows i i this could be a blank here 
But there was a TV series that came out. I think it was a Stephen King thing. It was like people living in a dome. Was it called The Dome? Oh, I yeah. don't remember what it was called. Yeah, I think it was called The I Dome. I couldn't remember. Yeah. But it was or like that. Under the that dome? Sh- I can't remember. Yeah, something like that. But it's like that show was written for to, it to be one season. And then all of a sudden, because it was doing decent, they just for some reason said, oh, we're going to do multiple seasons of this show. And that just mm. ruined that. Like, because I did watch it. It was okay. But it ruined the finale because it's like now it's like there is no ending to the story. They're, they're making it up yes. as they go. And I hate when they're making it up as they go because it usually means usually much poor writing. Like it's just worse. Which, like like my English. <laughs> oh, Lost, Lost was yeah. like, I don't know. I love J.J. Abrams, but that one it was like there was a different writer every week. Yeah, A lot of people love Lost and I, I won't bash Lost too hard. Like the people who stayed with it consistently, I, I think they got enjoyment out of it. That's for sure. But there's so many unanswered questions. I man, I love bashing Lost just because that one video. I can't remember if you sent. It to I think me I sent it to else, you. It's all like the unanswered questions long-ish. of yeah. Lost. <laughs> there's more unanswered than answered, and it's all ridiculous. But whatever. <laughs> this isn't all Lost podcast. So we'll carry on. That would be a good podcast. Uh, the Witcher. <laughs> Probably, honestly, we'd have a lot more to talk about what they didn't do. The Witcher 3's next-gen version set for Q4 2022 release. This one comes from IGN. CD Projekt Red has announced that the PS5 and Xbox Series X version of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt are planned to release at the end of this year. Uh, In quotes, we are delighted to share that the next-gen version of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt is planned to release in Q4 2022. That was on Twitter. And there you go, Chris. Not much to talk about here. Uh, The long-awaited next-gen version that we've been hearing about for what feels like years. Uh, that constantly gets delayed. Uh, then they brought it in house just recently, so clearly it was pretty close to you know completion. Um, but there you go. Uh, hopefully this holds true again when it comes to CDPR. I, I don't know. I just don't hold my breath. They, they've kind of become like a new Square Enix in timelines. Uh, you know, accelerated timelines. timelines. <laughs> yeah, but uh, if the, if it holds true, I don't know if I'm gonna play it again. Honestly, I, I think I put so many hours in the PC version last time and i'm like maybe at some point i will but it's definitely not on release i think i'll probably well i hope i have better things to do at release because i i'll cross my fingers and hogwarts legacy will be out in a dream world <laughs> that will be real and then i can play it do you recall this was a, a free upgrade if you have the previous version or no i can't recall i don't think so i don't think they've ever clarified that yeah i don't recall if that was something that was said but yeah this is definitely I don't want to sound negative, but I'm not going to be purchasing this. Like, it's a great game. Mm-hmm. If you haven't played it and you're wanting to play it, I would wait for this version if this we don't get a free upgrade. But it's yeah. I put too many hours into it. I, I just don't want to go back. It was really good. I just don't want to go back. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII News will be shared next month. Remake Director Reveals. This one comes from VGC. Square Enix will make announcements regarding the 25th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII next month. That's according to director Tetsuya Nomura, who shared the news during a Japanese live stream focused on the mobile battle royale Final Fantasy VII The First Soldier on Wednesday. It's possible June's announcements could include the reveal of Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. I say unlikely, since Square Enix has previously indicated that it would like to share details on the sequel during this anniversary year. So, Chris, I 100% agree with you. I I think it's unlikely. It, it's not impossible. I just think, uh, again, Square Enix, we talk about all the time. It's very slow. And I just think 
it this article feels and multiple sites talked about this but it just feels like they're trying to will it into existence like nothing has been mentioned that says it will specifically talk about Final Fantasy 7 it could very easily be you know them talking about classics or more re-releases or 16 honestly like it, it doesn't matter I think some people would probably argue with me and say that well yeah no it's got to be part two like right away right like they must have it it's Honestly, all written it could, out it could just be it could be revealed that it's finally coming to xbox because it's always That's been true. a timed exclusive i i think my biggest beef is with the part two remake they have to change too many systems in the original remake um to make it work for a sequel like to me we've talked about this before it, like the leveling doesn't make sense where you start at level 50 and then go from there that's that's confusing all the weapon upgrading and and like the materia leveling up that all doesn't really make sense how that's going to carry over into a sequel once again mm-hmm. people could argue well they'll just bump all the numbers up but then it's like well what's the point of playing the original like you're just i don't know and by original i mean the first part because it's just it doesn't make sense to me they got to revamp all the systems and everything well, that's why this whole way was stupid at the start. Yeah, was... one of the biggest proponents for calling this out and just being a money. Scheme, I almost would basically. prefer at like... this point if it was like a Telltale series. <laughs> I know back in the day we were like, "Well, we don't want that," but now what it's turned into, it's like, yeah, I don't see how it's gonna work. Watch the part two will just the whole they'll just really stretch out that part where they make it to the hut and then cloud does his backstory that's the, that's whole, the whole game, game right there. they're just going to stretch it out like they did the first one <laughs> i don't know and people ate it up people are like it's so good it's so good i'm like it's just them taking what was two minutes in gameplay and stretching out for like hours for no reason it added <laughs> zero story I, I was just like whatever they, okay, haven't, have they haven't figured out how to do the weapon materia system in the new game so they'll take all the weapons and materia away just to do the backstory <laughs> i'll watch they'll be like uh cloud tripped and uh he lost, lost all his gear so another to start, yeah. Yuffie ran by and stole <laughs> and, and somehow made his level go back to one yeah i mean yeah some things could be done well because like they didn't give him all of his limit breaks obviously yeah but so all like, the summons that's fine but yeah, well, a the summons, and then you had, yeah, a, a majority, and then not to mention magic, right? You're at the final tier by the end of the game. And that's why I'm worried they'll just add, like, four more tiers on every materia, which is, like, Ugh. that's going to not, like, you're just artificially boosting all the numbers of the enemies in the next game, which, yeah, I, it's not, I don't like it. I don't like it. I, I, I think for most people, it'll be fine. Like, they'll just get over yeah. the transition, but... The I'll, the people I'll feel bad for will be the ones that are like maybe they didn't play it originally and they hear about two coming out soon and they're like oh I better play the first one and if they end up playing it like consecutively like back to back oh man would that suck to be like grind in your max level all this stuff you feel great and <laughs> you go to the next game and you start from zero and you're like damn it but whatever that's something we'll all have to live with so we're gonna move on to the bigger news articles and we're starting with Sony has revealed some PS Plus new classics PS4 and PS5 games. This one comes from VGC, and I just kind of broke this up into sections because there was a lot to go over, so we're just going to hopefully get through this in a timely manner that I like. According to Sony Select, PS1 Classics and PSP games will sport a new user interface with menus that allows users to save their games at any time or rewind gameplay. So we can stop there and talk about that. Sounds like emulation. awesome. Sounds like emulation. It sounds great. It's... uh, especially the save anywhere man that is definitely necessary in those older games uh just 
Yeah. Life's so busy, and it's just like at any moment, you, your attention might be required somewhere else. Yeah. That is great. You know how many times, even in Elden Ring, like yesterday, for instance, I was trying to play a little Elden Ring, and then my wife's calling me and wants to ask me questions, but I'm in the boss fight, and I'm like, I can't answer this <laughs> phone. <laughs> Guess what, voicemail? You're taking this bullet for me. Yeah. No, like I have the Super Nintendo Mini, and that is in that, that feature's in there as well, and I love it. Like, it te- in, mm. some people will probably argue it kind of breaks some games, which it kind of does. The games that are back in the day where you had like three lives and you had to get through the whole game with those three lives. At, every time you do a mission, just save your state, you know, type of thing. So it does kind of break the games in those senses, but mm, pff, whatever. I don't think people compare, like care about that or they'll just not use that feature if they want to play. Well, original. that's my thing. Like, it's again, it's that argument we always bring Optional. up. Like, you don't want to use that option, then don't. Yeah. Like, why are you so concerned about other people getting through it that way? Maybe that makes their enjoyment that much more. Okay, we're going to move on to the next part. Also, players who have previously purchased the digital versions of games from the original PlayStation and PSP generation will not have to make a separate purchase or sign up through PlayStation Plus to play these titles on PS4 and PS5, it said. So in a quote kind of mentioning this, when these titles are released for PS4 and PS5, players can head to the PlayStation Store and download a version for the consoles at no extra cost if they already own the digital version of the title. Some of these titles will also be available for individual purchases, which is kind of cool because I know some people were complaining about that. So I guess there's some a la carte features here. Again, maybe not for every game. I don't know how these contracts are going to be done. Uh, It's going to be very confusing, I'm sure. Uh, Additionally, some remastered classics from previous console generations will be added to the PlayStation Plus premium deluxe plans, such as Siren and Jack 2. So Chris, I think the main point here is for someone like me who... Kind of, I don't feel like I got duped, but remember when we heard about the PlayStation 3 and Vita stores closing, I panicked and I bought all these PlayStation 1 classics. Well, if these classics transfer over, sounds like I get them for free. I don't even need to subscribe. I will be subscribed anyway, but whatever. It's yeah. cool that I can download them and they're just mine. And if I ever decide that I don't like these service, I can. Yeah, the only duped part was because like, yeah, if you didn't want that service, then you would have gotten them for free anyway type thing. But yeah. I mean, it's still interesting because I know I, on my PlayStation 3, I did end up rebuying a lot of my old games, uh, a lot of the Resident mm-hmm. Evils and stuff like that because I didn't have the disc version of it anymore. So, I mean, whatever. I mean, it's it's good for the people who aren't going to upgrade their pass uh, for the plus plus, <laughs> but uh, yeah. for anybody that, you know, already bought them individually, I, I, that's great. That's good that's able to figure that out and make that connection that you already own those games. Yeah. It's a rare moment when we can say, oh, wow, PlayStation's being consumer-friendly. Yeah, <laughs> a rare moment, yeah. So we'll move on for PS Plus Essentials, which is a standard PS Plus tier, similar to what is available today. New free games will continue to be added on the first Tuesday of the month, Sony said. An additional monthly refresh will occur in the middle of each month with new games for the PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium Deluxe plans. The number of games refreshed will vary per month, Sony said. Uh, Not much to really talk about on there. But what we can talk about is Ubisoft announced on Monday that its Ubisoft Plus subscription service is coming to PlayStation with uh, Ubisoft Plus Classics range coming to PlayStation Plus. So apparently Ubisoft Plus Classics will be 50 additional games that are going to show up for people. I believe what I read was subscribe to the extra slash premium tiers. And 
various of those games, uh, the one that stands out the most that I was surprised they would give out for free uh, or with this subscription was uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yes, that's the one's the biggest namesake, but still cool. I think me and you both agreed. Like we looked through the list of games and it's like, okay, you can play like the older, in my opinion, more um, the older, more important Far Cry games, like three and four specifically. Um, stuff like that so yeah okay cool like it's just more that's coming with my service like it just more justification for having the premium tier in my opinion or extra tier whatever and then lastly we're going to get to the final part here i just got sadly they released a list and you you can go to vgc or any other sites see these lists for yourself the only ones i took out were the classics because that's the one me and you are more excited about and this is the weakest reveal. You know, they talked about that there would be quite a few of these classics, but they released, you know, 10. And they're not any that I would, you know, jump out of my chair for. So I'm just going to go through the very limited ones they released. Ape Escape, that's from Japan Studio. Hot Shots Golf, Japan Studio. IQ Intelligent Cube, I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, Japan Studio. Jumping Flash, Japan Studio. And I have to stop there. I made this joke. I don't know if anyone remembers this long time ago in this podcast that I'm like, hope I think I, if I can remember correctly, I think I said, I hope that they don't have bad games that they're just going to bring back for the sake of just bring them back. And I think I literally named jumping flash. Cause I remember just hating that game and it's just being the most nonsensical, like trash on that console. Uh, well, there it is. So, you know, that doesn't sp- bode well for this service currently, at least with what they revealed. Syph- uh, Siphon Filter, Ben Studio, there you go. Super Stardust Portable, Housemark PSP game. And then from third-party partners, we have Mr. Driller, which we knew about from the leaks. Uh, Tekken 2, we already knew. Worms uh, World Party and Worms Armageddon. We kind of knew about all the third-party ones. So, uh, But they didn't really talk about anything worthy of talking about in my opinion like the list is lacking at least for the classics that's the one me and you i think are more excited about so i i found it i found it kind of strange but whatever hopefully we're going to get something soon that uh i mean they really have to like this stuff's launching in asia in less than a week i think or maybe just over a week but you know Hopefully, we're going to know more soon. So there you go. If you need the full list, like I said, go to VGC, go to Push Square. They're all talking about it. You can. Uh, I was definitely impressed overall more with the extra tier and like because the extra tier will give you those PS4, PS5 games. And, you know, there's stuff like Demon's Souls on there, the PS5 um, remake. Cool. We knew about Death Stranding, but there's a few other ones that I was surprised to see there. Uh, so there you go. Go see that if you're if you need to get it, but we're gonna move on to our next article. Norman Reedus claims Death Stranding 2 is in early development. This one comes from VGC. Actor Norman Reedus has seemingly confirmed that Death Stranding 2 is in development. While the sequel has yet to be officially announced, Reedus told digital publication Leo Edit that work has just kicked off on a follow-up to Kojima Productions, the PlayStation and PC game. In quotes, We just started the second one, said Reedus, who played protagonist Sam Porter Bridges in the original. Uh, One interesting note that Reedus said was, it took me maybe two or three years to finish all the mocap sessions and everything, Reedus told Leo Edit. It takes a lot of work, and then the game came out, and it just won all these awards, and it it was a huge thing, so we just started part two of that. There you go. I think he said something before that kind of everyone looked at and 
we all just thought he knew better. So we thought he just, you know, might've made a mistake, but now it feels like he's done this again. And he's basically confirming the existence of death stranding too. I've never played death stranding. We've talked about that quite a bit, but Chris, you have, and I think you're the one that keeps saying like, do we need a sequel to this? Well, so I, I did really, I did enjoy the first one. It was really good. Uh, the story's obviously, you know, a Kojima story, so it's out there. But just the way it, um, the way the game like ended and everything, like I'm, I'm having trouble figuring out how there would be a sequel to the game. Like, like I understand, that, like you can make it, but it's like maybe in Death Stranding Two, you're trying to re- reunite, like I don't know, Europe, or you're trying to go across a different, a different continent or something. I'm not 100% sure how they're going to make it work. Is a second Death Stranding event going to happen in like the lore and then they're going to survive it again? Like I I just don't know how they're going to make it work. So I I really hope they kind of flip it on its head and you're expecting like Death Stranding the original just extended story, but actually I would hope that maybe they take a different character and it's totally different gameplay, and it's just another way of looking at the same cool world, and I think that would be amazing if they just kind of, like, really surprised people in that way. Another bellhop simulator, like I always call this game, and that's just me judging from afar. Again, I haven't spent any time in it, so I'm not actually criticizing it. I just think that's a funny comparison, but I just, that wouldn't interest me so much, at least so far. Again, I could be wrong. Maybe I'll play this when PlayStation Plus Plus yeah. comes out, and I'll love it, and I'll totally recant everything i've ever said bad about this game but like just seeing a, a direct sequel yeah to me it's like i feel like kojima's got like a lot of i have a feeling like he's got a lot of hidden like architecture of things inside the original death stranding game like there's because you're always seeing buildings that other players are making and all this other stuff like connecting all the people together and i have a feeling like if they're gonna go like direct sequel a lot of the information and things you've done in the first the first Death Stranding might somehow be layered into the second one. I, I could see him doing stuff like that because, he, you know, he's a weird guy. He does things uh, kind of out of the norm. I could see him somehow, like, importing all the user data from the first game into the second one to make this new kind of live world. I I, I feel like he could do that. Um, I just, yeah, I, in my head, I... I'm not his brain, so I, I, I don't know how to make it interesting. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. And like I said, I, I don't have too much input, just my limitations of not playing the game previously. But either way, I like Norman Reedus. I look forward to seeing him in more games, I guess. Sony may have PS5 marketing rights for Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. This one comes from Push Square. As part of a corporate strategy webcast, it's flagged Ubisoft's upcoming open world Avatar Frontiers of Pandora as a potential partnered game. While it didn't clarify, Sony CEO Kenichiro Yoshida said that it values its relationships with third-party publishers and flashed up a list of logos on screen. This included titles like Hogwarts Legacy, which the manufacturer has promoted heavily, uh, as well as timed exclusives like Final Fantasy 16. The inclusion of Avatar Frontiers of Pandora suggests that PlayStation has signed a deal with the release. It's important to clarify that it's highly unlikely to be any form of exclusivity and will presumably entail some kind of marketing agreement instead. So not a huge thing, more interesting because we haven't heard much about this game in a while since its CG trailer 
uh, I believe a year or so ago. I want to know more. I want to see more. I'm not the biggest Avatar guy. Like I, I did enjoy the movie more than other people. I, I, you know, it's almost like that thing that everyone loves to crap on. But for me, I'm like, man, it's kind of like Jurassic Park. This movie ages well uh, visually. It just, it always looks good. You can tell they put high production value into it. So visually, I love that that movie. It's just, uh, it's fun to watch. Yes, does it have the deepest story? No. Uh, you know, I could, you know, I get people's criticisms. That's fine. But every once in a while, it's just like a fun movie to put on. And I have nothing against it. I'll watch you know, just recently, I think the trailer for the new one, Way of Water, I believe it's called, came out. I think it aired just before I was watching Doctor Strange. And uh, again, just technical masterpiece. It looks great. Uh, we were watching Doctor Strange in 3D just because timing issues. I wanted uh, it to be earlier, and the only early viewing was a 3D movie. The trailer was in 3D. And right away, you can just tell, you're like, man, like, even if you don't like 3D, it's like, James Cameron likes 3D. <laughs> like, you could just tell. So, whatever. We can stop talking about the movie, talk about the game. I'm interested. I'm also a little worried. Ubisoft, open world, Avatar. I don't know too much about that world beyond the movie, right? But I'm not against it. I'm, I'm very curious. Like, I really want to see more, but I, I want to see actual gameplay. Yeah. Uh, for the game, I mean, I'm interested. I'll just jump on the movie a little bit. I did all, I was also a person who really enjoyed the movie. To me, some people might disagree with this comment, but I felt that's as close to a StarCraft movie we're going to get, just with the Terran and like kind of a alien race. It, it just, yeah. I had StarCraft vibes when I was watching it, which I really enjoyed. So I, I, I'm excited to see what this will turn into. Is this going to end up on the Ubisoft Plus path? Um, I don't think it'll be on the free one, but maybe the subscription one, it could show up on there maybe. 100%, not 100% yeah. sure. Uh, depends how I get, guess how much Ubisoft leans into it. So, but yeah, I'm, I was interested in the trailer initially. Uh, yeah, it had CG aspects, but what trailer doesn't nowadays? So, mm -hmm. I mean, more and more, I, I keep feeling like Sony's got to have a showcase coming soon. Yeah, we have, now, it feels like hearing about this. Yeah, so hearing about this, um, partnership, I guess it's kind of clear then, much like, uh, Hogwarts Legacy shows up in their stuff now. Uh, Final Fantasy 16. It's going to be cool that presumably the next time we see this game, it will be in a Sony showcase. And that's nice. I like it when they have third-party game reveals. There's got to be a big uh, one coming. There has to be. I mean, I say has to be, but I, I just want to will it into existence. <laughs> I agree. So anyway, we're going to move up to review roundup. This is when we get those Metacritic scores and let you know how games that recently revealed or released, sorry, uh, did. So we have Dolmen. Uh, this one's on PS5, Critic 62, and that's seven positive, 11 mixed, and four negative reviews. So uh, clearly a mixed bag. Look into that one before you're spending money. And the one I was more interested in, Vampire the Masquerade Swan, Swan Song. I can never say that for some reason. PS5. Critic score 62, 7 positive, 4 mixed, 3 negative. Not a lot of reviews, surprisingly. I did watch uh, one reviewer on YouTube this week, and he did say there's there's good to be had there, but man, are the models aged and uh, doesn't look the best. Slow start, stuff like that. So again, just something I would definitely uh, recommend researching before you spend your hard-earned money on it. But there you go. That's it for this week for Review Roundup, which leaves us for the last bit, which is homework. 
And what is homework? Homework is when we don't have enough time in the show to get through everything that happened this week. So we just give you the article names, the headlines, where you can find those headlines, and then you go educate yourselves. So we're going to start with Fall Fantasy 15 hits 10 million units sold worldwide. This one comes from Push Square. Battlefield 2042 removes 128 breakthrough multiplayer on PS5, Xbox Series, and PC. This one comes from IGN. What? The game that just keeps getting better, Chris. Can you imagine taking <laughs> modes away? Like, I, I just. I, all I can picture man, in my head. Can this game not get a break? Is the Jackie Chan, uh, <laughs> the meme or whatever, where he's like, what the oh, hell? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, isn't this what Honestly, they're selling man. features? It was one of them for sure. They were like, oh, well, and even in this article, breakthrough multiplayer, I, I kind of feel like that, that's a dig. That must be a word they used in some of their advertising. So yeah, like here we go. A game that already was having, well, and honestly, as much as this seems kind of ridiculous at the same time, when I look at that number, I'm like, I assume that's just because they don't have 128 <laughs> people playing the game. Honestly, like I'm I'm sorry to be mean, but that just seems to be the case. But anyway, Babylon's Fall still going ahead with second season of content. This one comes from Push Square. I I, I think I said this to you in a text. I just they've promised more content, so they're just going to do it. I feel like they're just going to keep working on this game for a year, even with their one concurrent player because he's just so excited. Woo! <laughs> but I, again, it's just that thing where you have to do it because if you ever say this again, no one's going to believe you if you didn't fall through. So. Man, it must suck to just throw money into a pit. Uh, God of War Ragnarok to feature 60-plus accessibility options. This one comes from GameIndustry.biz. Always good to hear. Uh, I like that kind of stuff. You know, brings a lighter note to some of the downer news articles. Sony brings environmental goals forward by 10 years. This one comes from GameIndustry.biz. And more specifically, they're saying uh, PlayStation Firm now aims to be car carbon neutral by 2040 using 100% renewable energy by 2030. Uh, very we'll good all be dead there. again. <laughs> of course, someone remade the absurdly realistic Unreal Engine 5 train station demo in Dreams. This one comes from IGN. Another game, question mark, that we really haven't dove into and we probably should try a little bit more, but we... I own it. I just, yeah, I need to spend yeah, more time. It's, but It's a time investor, I think. They need to bring it to PC and it will yeah. save that game 100%. Efootball will be going offline for four days to prepare for season two. This one comes from VGC. Assassin's Creed Origin is getting a 60 FPS patch next week. This also comes from VGC. Even with dull characters, the new Saints Row nails its chaotic gameplay. This one also comes from VGC. Uh, it's Saints Row, man. I, I'm still going to be interested. It's always a fun time. Yeah, I don't think anyone plays that game for the characters or story. So honestly, I'm kind of hoping that there's still like going to be multiplayer features in it, so I can convince somebody else to play it with me. Wink, wink. Mm. PS5, PS4, Harry Potter game, Hogwarts Legacy has official ASMR now. This one comes from Push Square. So we don't talk about it because clearly it has nothing to do with uh, the podcast, but. I am an ASMR fiend. I love it. It helps me fall asleep. I don't know why I'm weird. <laughs> you can judge me if you want. I do not mind. I will take... You can just flog me with the insults. I am totally comfortable with ASMR, and I love it, and it feels so good in my little eardrums. Uh, so sweet whispers put Stevie to sleep, and uh, this is awesome. I'll probably going to listen to this tonight and fall asleep to it, so uh, I had to add it to homework because... Uh, it definitely brought a smile to my face when I saw this article today. 
So that's everything on this episode. Again, thank you guys for joining us. Your time, your most valuable currency. When you give it to us, it humbles us. It means everything to us. It is everything to us. So uh, until next Monday, all we have left to do is say goodbye. Bye, guys. It's Mars the shit. Uh, so sweet whispers put Stevie to sleep, and uh, this is awesome. I'll probably gonna listen to this tonight and fall asleep to it. So uh, I had to add it to homework because uh, it definitely brought a smile to my face when I saw this article today. No problem. <laughs> you you want me to okay. admit to it too? I know what you're pulling. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ousting Chris. I know what you're digging for. Yeah. <laughs>